Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Richard Lee, and he is with Supercopy. Welcome, Richard. Hi, glad to be here. Well, I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Supercopy. How are you serving folks? Yeah, yeah. So Supercopy was created about four months ago to help people market and create a lot of content quickly and create content that matters in a faster way than what we've been doing recently. So how do you do that magic trick? Yeah, so we use AI for a lot of the con- like contextual information. And we use that to create a lot of the words that come out in this in the format and sense that comes out in. But it's up to the marketer to put in the right information, such as what's the goal of it, uh, what's the context, what brand are you pushing, what's the tone, what's the language. So we're essentially augmenting and co-piloting the marketer's uh, current progress. So now is this something that once I start working with Supercopy, it's going to kind of learn with me and start understanding my tone and my voice so that I can, you know, create more content faster? Yes. So that's something we're working on right now. So right now, it's partially a manual process and partially an automated process. In the future, we want this to be uh, something that learns with you, but also like something you get to edit into something you want it to become. So now what is the way I would be using this today? So right now, the the way it currently operates is we have a quick interface where you could put in your brand, your company, your company's website, a digital link of some sort, and then discuss what kind of goal do you want. So is it convincing people to tune into the radio? Or is it convincing people to check out this new product that we just launched? Or is it discussing the value of a new feature that just got launched in for a product XYZ? And then you get the tone as well as the audience who you're specifically talking to. And then what happens? And then you click generate. There's a button that comes up and then it just generates you a couple options for you to consider. Right now, we're figuring out the best way to measure measure the impact before you can post it or share it or send it to a friend. Now, is it something that I can just like, say, for example, I want to come up with a bunch of subject line for an email marketing campaign that I want to test. Mm-hmm. Is that something that I could use this with? Yes, absolutely. We actually had a couple of salespeople use it either to prototype out a couple of sales headlines, but all, or also like test out some things a lot faster instead of like brainstorming as a team together. So I could use it uh, not only for the subject line, I could have the kind of the copy for the email marketing campaign as well? Yes, that's absolutely right. And then is it something that, okay, so say I come up with a five email cadence and I send it out using Supercopy. Is it something that it can learn and say, you know what, we weren't getting the open rate we anticipated on number two. Let's try to optimize that for a better result. Yes, definitely. So right now, Supercopy doesn't send it out for us, but we do have people copy-pasting into their emails and editing, of course. Uh, So we do see people doing A-B testing and seeing which one goes well. So Supercopy allows you to adjust your tone and your demographic really quickly, as well as adjusting a little bit of the nuances early on. 
So when you set up your A-B test, you have a little bit more of a direction on each one that you'll be doing. And in the future, of course, we want to integrate with the emailing and texting system that people already have to see those responses in real time. Now, at this stage, is it primarily just kind of a a thought starter for a, a better first draft, and then I'm going to go back in and edit it and tweak it? Or is it something where it can take my first draft and make it better? Yeah, so we actually do both. So we do our the initial product was generating the first draft really quickly. So we're getting you to the red zone, right? In the football's term, uh, we're getting you to the red zone, and you just have to finish up, which that's the harder part, right? Uh, and that helps you focus on the important part, which is the like nuances and like the jargon and the things that just makes it click a little bit more for the audience. Uh, but we also have a tool that uses AI to make things a little bit more engaging. So we have an engager tool that if you put in the th- the copy, you could click on it and it'll generate a, a slightly more engaging version of the post. Now, when you say engaging, if my tone, like say, I think you mentioned earlier, my tone is mm-hmm. persuasion, yeah. w- which is different than maybe entertaining, which is different mm-hmm. than educating. Like, are yeah. you pulling, if I say persuasion, are, have you taught it like some persuasion um, strategies and inputted some persuasion language in order for it to to be to actually persuade yes uh so it it does take into context of the words i use to convince it so if you use persuasion it will use persuasion type words to uh essentially persuade the user or audience member to sign up for xyz but if you say entertaining is it using like comedic words is it using friendlier tone more conversational definitely so it really takes into consider the words you use. So if you entertain or convince or uh, discuss, like the tones of the words will change based on the word. And then if if I say entertaining, um, over time, is it going to kind of take on a the avatar of some person that's entertaining? So that's the ultimate goal for us is like, how can we get it more and more tuned into something that's more entertaining and like deciding on what's more entertaining, right? Enter- entertaining is a broad word, right? So the initial term is it gets the basic going, but the future term that we want to build up is how can they, how can we know it's entertaining and also what demographic is this entertaining to and adjusting that to the entertainer itself. So it could over time, like if I say I want to have a tone like Jerry Seinfeld, it would have a tone like that more so than a tone like, uh, Bill Burr. Yes. So right now you could actually try Jerry Seinfeld because he has enough uh, content online, right, to refer from. Like we could see some of the cadences, but if it's like a completely new comedian that's like just started out, their cadence and like style will be a little harder to pinpoint. So could you could this be a tool for an entertainer? Like say a comedian wanted help in Absolutely. writing jokes or 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 stories. Yeah. So it can work in nonfiction as well as a fiction environment? Yes. Yes. And because the information it pulls from, it doesn't really know what's true or not. Like it's kind of like the internet in a nutshell, right? Like it's really hard to dictate what's true or not just because there's information on both sides on any topic. So it just gets on, it gets essentially it sides with you on which way you're thinking. So if you think uh, blue is the best color, like, okay, blue, blue is the best color. If you say red's the best color, and they're like, oh, yeah, red's the best color. So it just depends on how you dictate it. So what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in this? 
Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I come from my electrical engineering background here at Georgia Tech, uh, graduated and like had a corporate job. And at one point I'm like, cool, I want to pursue startups. The, COVID, uh, the pandemic hit. That was a perfect time for me to just start pursuing that. Uh, so B, I've been in entrepreneurship for about three years full time. Um, and I've gone through multiple iterations of it. And the last iteration was essentially a digital product studio where we work for clients and we're like, okay, we want to make you more money. Essentially, that's what our products do, right? So we created a bunch of products for our clients and we just realized they had a far bigger budget for their marketing that they were spending like all over the place. And then a super small budget for any products they wanted created to make the marketing make sense. So we're like, okay, you're spending a hundred X what you're spending on us. Why don't we just do the marketing? Because we also aren't, weren't the best marketers of our own studios. So, okay. We were essentially creating a problem for ourselves because we just didn't know how to market effectively. So, okay. What can we do to do that? Because I'm like, right now, what we're seeing is like, you got to post everywhere. You have to talk everywhere at all times. It all has to be good. And that's what we saw. I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem humanly possible. How can we make that a little easier? And that's where super copy came from. So now have you pivoted your business or this kind of a side uh, thing right now? So super copy is the main business. Um, essentially it's a technical startup and it, and everything else has been like to the wayside and we're not really focusing on it. So are you still, um, so you're not doing any kind of uh, help. You're not a marketing company anymore. You're a startup that's trying to roll out this super copy. Is it an app or how a software or software as a service? How is it going to be marketed? Yeah, that, that's, I think that's a really good question. Uh, so yeah, like definitely not doing anything else. Uh, we are now a yeah, tech startup in the most traditional sense. And it's a SaaS, so you could use it online. It's a web portal that so you could go in. Um, and any, anyone with a login access could access it and it works off the internet. So if you have internet access and a website, you could access it. Now, is it something that in order to try it out, I have to buy it? Or is it something that I can kind of, you have a freemium uh, mm-hmm. model? So right now we are, we do not have a free trial. We're currently building that right now. So everyone that we signed up in the last few months, they've all paid day one. Uh, but yeah, we are definitely looking to premium for people to try it, of course. Um, and we want to create a premium product. So over time, we'll be adding features and anyone that signed up in the last few months, we'll be inheriting those features over time. So now that you have this startup, is there any advice you can share for other startups to maybe um, launch or to grow quickly? Yeah, yeah. So I think a funny story for us, like we built this product in a day. Uh, we built essentially the prototype up in a day and sold that prototype the next day. So I've been, I've been in the startup game for a couple of years uh, and I've been affiliated or working for or like, uh, living in that world for about 10. Um, my biggest advice is like, just get it out there as fast as you can. Customer discovery is fantastic, but you really need to see where people's money, uh, where they're willing to spend money at because it must be a problem worth solving at that level. Uh, so yeah, I would always encourage speed and also like taking the risk when you can. So um, to layer on top of that, how did you come up with a pricing structure that could work for you and would be um, kind of an easy in for the client? Yeah. So initially, I think this is what a lot of star founders do is like they kind of get on like what people think they are. So we started off with a hundred dollar base from like and just saw reactions, especially we're onboarding people manually. Right. Uh, so we could tell from their face whether they're like, oh, that's way too high or they're like, oh, that's an easy decision. 
So we always go based on that type of feedback and we see what type of customer like pushes away from a certain price point and certain people that don't even consider that like being an obstacle. Um, so we do look into that. So I would say if your product is SaaS, you could easily be in the realm of like 20 to a hundred to a thousand dollars, depending on what your product does and what, what kind of critical problem it solves. Right? Like if I could 10 X your business, with this SaaS product, I'm like, usually people are willing to spend a lot more. Uh, if I'm helping your business by 10%, is it like a band-aid you're selling? Is it a vitamin? Is it a painkiller? So it depends on what kind of category you go into. Now, who is the ideal purchaser of this? So we've been working primarily with uh, marketing agencies and sole marketers uh, because they tend to use the product the best. Uh, we work with business owners, but we just noticed that they're very their hands are full with 20 other things all at the same time. So like marketing might be the last thing that they're considering, but they still want it. Uh, so we've been seeing various different types on a like one 20 person team scale. And we also been working with hundred plus uh, employee companies and seeing how that works for internal marketing. Now, how has your experience been in the um, Atlanta startup ecosystem? Atlanta startup ecosystem is really nice. I really like it. It's one of the reasons I stayed after college here. In Atlanta, it's that everyone's really supportive. Uh, if you have a question and if you're genuine about it, people will reach out to you and people will work, help work with you. Uh, I really love the bootstrap energy that Atlanta has. Like it's, it's not Silicon Valley, but they're just throwing money around for no reason. Atlanta's kind of, you kind of have to earn it. Uh, I like, I do like that. So like it helps us focus on bootstrapping and making revenue a lot earlier compared to like going to go get funding earlier, which is, I would say not the best practice, especially in a recessional model. Now, what about um, if you were to educate people on artificial intelligence and how you're using it? Some people are afraid. Some people can't wait. Um, what would you, you know, what are some of the myths you'd like to dispel about AI? Mm -hmm. So I would say for AI, AI is really good at helping people get to where they are. They're, it's kind of dumb if you leave it alone, right? Because it's, it's, it's just recognizing what it sees. And often what it sees is often wrong. So that's something we do see in the market. Um, and AI requires some kind of co-pilot. So like, it's like you're the goose to the maverick and maverick to the goose type model where you, without it, you still need AI to replicate things on scale. But without the human, the AI is kind of stuck replicating very old things or like mundane things. It just doesn't really understand it. Uh, it's not going to go for your job unless it's super repeatable. If your job is super repeatable and doesn't require a lot of creativity, AI is probably going to take over that spot primarily because it's, it's such a repeatable task that humans shouldn't be doing. But in jobs that are far more creative, uh, it, re it will have more of an augmenting experience. So it'll help you get to your place where you want to go, but it'll never replace you. Yeah, what I've heard is if, you, if your job can be done with a checklist, you're mm -hmm. probably going to be replaced. Yeah. Yeah, but we've seen that with technology over the last hundreds, hundreds of years. Right, it's nothing personal. Yeah, it's nothing personal. <laughs> like, hey, it's a repeatable task that shouldn't be done by a human. Like, that's overkill, right? The number of, like, energy you have to put into it. But if it's just, like, uh, like writing something creative, yeah, like, AI will help you, but it won't do the thing for you. Now, what do you need more of? How can we help you? Yeah, I would love to meet with more marketers in Atlanta, uh, meet with marketing agencies in Atlanta, and just listen to you. Like, what are your pain points? And help you solve those problems for you. And if somebody wants to learn more, where should they go? Uh, you can hit me up on my email at richard at bettersum.com. 
uh, P-T-T-E-R-S-U-M uh, dot com. Um, and, or yeah, email me there or uh, uh, check us out on our site. Uh, I'm, all, I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So I'm there, Richard Lee. You can find me under that handle as well. And it's supercopy.io? Yes, supercopy.io. And they, that's the website they can go and they can check it out. They can look at it and then buy it if they were interested. Yes, absolutely. Well, Richard, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.